Al-Hiyawi, and your watch. Thank you, Father, for coming. Thank you for always being. But thank you for stirring me in this time in your watch, God's watch. As it was called from ancient days. The time when you move and share amongst us the quietness, the time is closed, time that we're we're told in your word, Father God, to remind us to be still and know that you are. Oh, him, Lord, my God. You came to Life Group this evening, Father. Thank you for that. Sharing something I'd never seen before. And the years that you have blessed me with, Father, and thank you for the opportunity to share and be in this, your time. Abba Yahweh, Amen. Ashuaman, Prakutosaman. I get absolutely overwhelmed by my father sometimes because. He shows me in places where I would not think to find him. He speaks to me with things that I would not think that he would share in with me. And, and I've uh, one of our study materials for class, I, I really like these two. I don't like a lot of stuff. I'm very... Particular, God knows that I'm very particular about materials I read. But this is so, it's so beautiful because this, uh, this husband and wife, these brothers and sisters in God, they, they write truth, a lot of scriptures and belief and things they share and I love and something that someone has never shown me before or never spoken before, I believe that he brought to them and they put in their book for me. And it could be that they did that, and there are a number of individuals that believe this. But remember what I've shared with you is that he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And there's something that we must learn to realize, which I've come to realize and I know is truth, and I actually learned this a long time ago and forgot it and brought it back to my memory again. And sometimes that happens. That's the kind of God he is. He doesn't get all upset and he doesn't get all accusatory and he doesn't sit 
or stand with his hands on his hips and wag his finger at you and say, you forgot again? How many times am I going to tell you this? How many times? What God does, he just says, here we go. I got it for you again. It's okay. I know that you forget. God is loving. God is gentle. God is kind. And when we pray, sometimes the scriptures remind us, as God reminds me of this and he tells me. Sometimes, especially if you're in a prayer warrior mode and there's a, a very long prayer list and you have a lot of folks that you're praying about or, you know, you're praying specifically, you're not just spewing out a bunch of, bunch of emptiness. See, this is the kind of thing that God doesn't like. Uh, and remember, he reminds the hypocrite the hypocrite, pardon me, the pharisaical hypocrites, sorry about that. Um, and he uses him as an illustration when he says, don't, don't, be, don't be like the hypocrites where you just get and you spew and you think that, you know, anybody hearing or listening is going to think, wow, ooh, ah, but the words are empty because there's nothing in the heart. And remember what he also tells us in the scriptures. What you have and carry in your heart, so shall your mouth speak. So if you don't carry truth, you don't carry God's love, you don't carry the redemption of Jesus Christ and the belief in him and the faith in God, if you're not carrying that in your heart and you're not carrying the word of God in your heart, then you are a liar and a hypocrite and the prayers that you speak are indeed empty, trivial dribble, period. That's it. If none of those things you're carrying with you, then you are a hypocrite. And what does John tell us? If you claim to be in the light and of the light, and yet you have animosity and issues with your brother and sister and your neighbor, then you're a liar because you haven't forgiven them. You don't forgive them. You won't forgive them. And you are taking sovereignty from God and deciding that you are going to be sovereign and that it's all about your decision to make on who you're going to forgive and not forgive. And yet you claim to be a Christian you claim to be following the Holy Spirit's guidance. You claim to be a child of God. You are a liar. The Bible tells that is written in God's word. You have a problem with that, then go take it up with God. Go take it up with Abba Yahweh because his disciple, his prophet, John, writes about that. I read it to you the other day. Claiming to be in the light and yet you you don't act like it, you, then you're a liar. Plain and simple. And what I really would like to share with you tonight, I had something take place that I've never seen or experienced before. And the 
so this is just sharing with me again. The kind of God that I have faith in and I believe in. Um, I've shared with you that the enemy, Satan, his demons and his minions, they always have accusation and blame that they want to bring to bear. And his favorite target, <clears throat> pardon me, his favorite target is that of those that claim to be believers. And this is this is exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm going to share this with you and then I'm going to go into my, uh, I'm going to go into what I really would like to share and, and God is allowing me to go that direction. Holy Spirit. So I'm going to share this with you because this is, um, Satan loves to target those that claim to be believers. They claim to be, you know, you've heard me call them this before, the label heads and the self-proclaimed Christians. The Pharisees. Maybe I'll just call them that so I don't sound quite so harsh. I'll just call them for what they are because they're what they're doing is they're practicing physical hypocrisy. They claim to be what they are not. Um, they're supposed to be the religious leaders and following Torah and all this, and yet they condemned and murdered Jesus, not even realizing that it was is coming to earth for them as well. And they complained and griped about the fact that he came and would sit at tables with sinners. And he spoke to them as to why they didn't understand. They didn't get it. They had no comprehension. And then he told them, he says, you don't know the truth because you don't speak the truth. You speak the language of your father and your father is the devil. So you don't understand anything I share with you. I share his truth. I share his knowledge. And I share his wisdom. Because I asked him to share that with me. And he has honored my prayer. As he honors the prayer of Chavez that I sent up to him. He does that as well. He allows me to be a conduit. To be about his business but to share the word and he has allowed this platform that he has given to me to be able to do that which I asked. He's honored me there. This is all about glorifying God and his truth, his knowledge and wisdom. This isn't about Raven. It's not about me. That's why my name isn't even on here. It used to be. I thought, how cool, man, that's going to be awesome. I'm going to be doing a podcast. I got my name on it. Oh, man, and look at this name. Oh, Father, look what I did. It rhymes with me. <laughs> oh, my gosh, what a bunch of self-righteous hoo-ha. 
It's not about me. This is about God. This is about his podcast, his business, and sharing the word with those that are so far out there. I am speaking to people right now on the other side of the globe. Maybe it takes a couple minutes to get there. I'm not exactly sure how this broadband thing totally understands how it works. And of course, with Satan being manipulative as he is, but this is about God. And when I prayed about it, I said, God, I, you know, I was looking, it was going to cost thousands of dollars to get this thing going, literally. I'm on a fixed income. I can't afford that. I'm just, he's taking care of me and what I'm, he's sharing with me now. It's beautiful, man. I feel so wealthy. And what God provides, man, Father God. So, as I put it before God, I said, Father, if this is what you believe is a good way for me to reach more people and to get this out there, then you make it happen because I can't see how I would do this. You'll make it happen. You will make it happen. And probably within, oh, I don't know, half an hour, 45 minutes, I went back to the computer page I was on the very, and I know it was the same page because the page was filled with things that I had already been looking at, researching and studying. Everything was the same, except one small difference. This little logo, they've changed it now, but this little logo that used to be on there, and it was different. It wasn't there before. And when I went there, I could do and be able to be in God's word, share God's word, and be about his business. And it was all free. So my father did, does believe, that it's a good way for me to be sharing his word. I can reach more. I, I, brothers and sisters, I couldn't possibly do this going out the front door of the church, my house, and start walking around the street, which is a good way too. But there's no way that I could reach the number of people that are being reached in doing just that. I mean, it would be one of those compound issues. God would have me do something and then I would do that and it would be shared with somebody that would share with somebody would share with somebody and it's kind of um, uh, what you would call similar to the domino effect and perhaps somebody that I spoke with would be going out to the far reaches and who knows God does miracles in many many ways shapes and forms but he gave this to me and I'm able to do this and it's a beautiful thing. And like the song I was listening to tonight and I was bawling my eyes, I can't help it. When I hear things and they touch me, it's a song by We Are Messengers and it's called God You Are. When I was younger, you called my name instead of coming running 
away. And yet you stepped into the dark because that's the kind of God you are. Pursued, came into the darkness, your light confused the darkness, confused me, and drew me out of the darkness into the light because that's the kind of God you are. Got a little carried away. I love my father. I love my heavenly father. But I'm going to share this with you because this is what John talks about, that light thing. This is in the first letter that John writes. And this is about the love of God. And I like John's writing because John, when he writes... He reminds us in his writing that he was there, he saw it, he touched it, he knows it, and he knows Jesus Christ, the almighty king and only begotten son of God. He's touched Jesus, he's talked with Jesus, he's sat by Jesus, he saw him murdered and crucified and he saw him risen from the grave and walk yet again. And he watched him as he was transfigured and taken to heaven. He watched and he was there and he heard Jesus say, I go now to prepare a place for you for in my father's house are many mansions. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And as I tell you that I go now, I remind you that I will come again. I will come so that you can spend that time with me in eternity because that's the kind of God I am. A little paraphrasing going on, but that's what John, John writes. Whenever he writes, he talks about having been there, having seen... I've been there, done that. That's what we used to say in the Marines. Been there, done that. Don't want to hear it. You know, you hear some youngster blathering about something, never even realized, never took part in, had never seen before, and you just kind of look at them, and it's been there, done that. And and then they just, they don't know how to respond. They don't quite get it because some of us have been there, have done that, and we know. And let me share this with you further. I know my Father in heaven. I know Abba Yahweh. I know my heavenly Father. And I know that that is the God he is. And it's written in his stars. Like these youngsters sing about in the song. It's beautiful. Holy, holy, holy. Because that's the kind of God you are. And I know because it's written in your stars, your stars, because that's the kind of God you are. Okay, John, first letter of John, first chapter, starting in verse five. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. 
That's pretty profound right there. Unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That right there should be a profound, pardon the, not really a pun, but the metaphor I'm going to use is a light switch. It should be the light switch for you. What does it say that Jesus Christ is? He is the light. He came as the light of the world. He came so that the darkness would flee. It has no comprehension of darkness. It loves the dark and, and it, loved, it has no comprehension of light. Darkness loves that because it thinks that things are hidden. And men will do things in the dark thinking that it's hidden. It's not. Nothing is hidden from God. Nothing is hidden from God. Further, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. That is a powerful statement right there. If you're declaring that, oh yeah, I've been walking with God for three, four years and I'm this and that and I I put offering in the bucket every Sunday and I go to church every Sunday, but yet on the Sundays when there's a big game, you don't go to church. When there's a special program involving your children at church, helping them to go to walk the path that they should walk and to bring them up in the way that they should go, you don't. And this is for men and women, either one, because there are some men, regrettably fewer men that are this way, but now it's becoming more of an even walk that they're not attending church and there's many more women that are not because they're the breadwinner or whatever, whatever they have decided that they're going to alter that natural alignment and they're going to, everything changes. Everything changes. And we're going to do it this way because this works our way. Okay, fine. Which is probably why there's many problems as there are. But it doesn't matter. It could be a man, it could be a woman. But you're not raising your children on the path that they should follow. You don't hold hands with your spouse when you're worshiping together, when you're praying together. When do you pray at home? You may pray over a meal at holiday time. But we go by that. Father, forgive me for I am of that ilk. You know, it's just me and the dogs and I find that quite often I, I don't pray over the meal. I'm talking to God through the preparation and muddling around in the kitchen. So I'm kind of making an assumption. I shouldn't do that. I should be specific and say, Father, thank you for providing this and putting this in my house and giving me the opportunity to prepare this for my body strength. Thank you. Okay, 
Further, verse 7, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And he spoke this to the Pharisees, that they were claiming that they didn't have sin, that they didn't need him. And this came up when he, they were questioning why he was spending time with sinners and sitting at a table with them and having supper with them. They didn't get it. He came because they needed him. He came because the physician needed to mend them. And yet these hypocrites that abound within the church today, they say that they don't need what they what God has to offer. They don't need the gifts of God. They don't need to, to know how to speak in tongues. They don't need to do any of this stuff. And besides that, God doesn't do that anymore because we have all this technology and all this so-and-so and such and such. However, I have gone from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22 which is the front cover to the back cover, and back again. And remember, I share this with you, regula fidehe, the rule of faith, that we go from front to back and back to front. That's the rule of faith. This is what we do. And remember how I shared with you also that God is a really great tailor, and then he puts things together, and when he stitches it together, there is no puckering of the seams. The seams are flat. There is no error, there is no bump. It goes from the front to the back and back to the front. And it's seamless. It's a beautiful tapestry that he sews and has sewn and is for us to go through. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's seamless. And no pucker in the material. And to wear this, wow. How beautiful is that? So, Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. The end of his book of guidance, our roadmap for this plane of existence, and his instruction manual. It is indeed. And I heard that word shared in Life Group this evening again. Our instructions are plain. And they're written, And then the scripture was written. That was written, was read aloud to the group. Indeed, an instruction manual. We are told, 1 Corinthians 13, we are told specifically to do certain things. And we are told to do this. We are instructed to do. And what we are told to do in 1 Corinthians 13, pardon me while I flip over there to that page, had not intended to, but I'm going to, because I think it's a good thing. Oops, wrong, wrong one. Sorry about that. <laughs> so when we see, and it's written, 
and Paul is writing this. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, love, and become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And then he's telling us that what we need to do is we need to practice sharing love and all that. And we are also told that we are to focus on things that are beautiful, things that are lovely, things that are true, things that are honest, and things that have a good report, and that we are to look to those things. It is an instruction that we are to do those things. And we are reminded to do those things. It was an instruction that is given to us to guide our steps and to guide our walk. And to be in love and share in love and share that love because that is truth. That is what God desires for us to do and what he wants us to be like. And what we need to look through his lens and not through our own. So he tells us that. So back to back to John. First John one further verse eight. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So, John speaks some very powerful words there. Heed what he says because it's truth. And the word reminds us that we have done this thing. We have done this very thing. So I'm going to share with you. I shared with you earlier. I'm going to share with you again that Satan loves to... Um, he is the accuser. And through the books of the Old Testament, we are reminded constantly of that. And we actually don't see the name Satan used for him until First Chronicles. Way out there. But Satan loves to accuse, condemn, belittle, deride, get you to debase and get you to question and get you to see all these negative things and, and like that young young woman sings Tasha Layton look what you've done Satan loves to stand up there and wag his finger look what you've done how could you possibly go and talk to God now you're going to go and you're going to take prayer time 
You're going to go and share the, you're going to go and read the Bible. You're going to, what? How can you do that? Look what you've done. Look what you've done. And then so many, and he loves to target believers. He's not so concerned with the pharisaicals because he's already pretty much got them. Those would be the label heads and the self-proclaimed Christians that are not true to the word. And they speak no truth because it isn't in them. Or they speak little truth once in a while. But something took place at Life Group. And I, I love and, and thinking about, I, I love the idea that they call it that. Because that's what it's about. We share with one another. We uplift and we pray one for another. It is indeed life group. And I think that he brought this because I was pondering some things. Actually, I'll be perfectly honest with you. That I was going to... Uh, but this is where I got caught up in self. And we have to be cautious of this. Um... I don't have transportation of my own as yet, and I think that God is going to be working on that. I don't. I haven't asked him specifically. Perhaps I should. I don't have to. But at any rate, um, so I have to rely on rides from folks. So I was. The devil had me going to. Ah, you know, they don't care, they don't call, they don't check, they just go and you know what? God always makes a way. But that white noise interference that he loves to throw at us and he loves to target believers. He loves to target those that are saying they are in the walk. He loves to do that because if he can get us to trip and fall and then stay fallen and gripe and complain and whine and say getting on our feet again and ask God for forgiveness. So what took place in life group tonight? And I came home and I was bawling and I put that song on and I love the song by We Are Messengers. God, you are. Powerful tonight. And this goes for any of those and I had never, ever seen this done before. And as long as I've been a member of Life Group and been going to this church and, and having been in other church groups where I was going, I've never seen this done. So thank you, Father. I'm going to believe that you did this for me. Um, And as others would say that I believe that he did it for me. And each person around that group, they could say that. And there'd be no lying to that. There'd be a little lying about it. But here's what took place. We were sitting around the house we were meeting in. Thank you, Jeff, for that beautiful, wonderful meal. Karen for a beautiful home but we were sitting around worshiping and then sharing and what Mike had us do was 
we took turns. Each one of us was in what we sometimes call lightly the, the hot seat. And every single person that was there took turns in the hot seat and also pronouncing. But everyone there, as we went around through our group, they took turns sharing with the person that was in the hot seat what they saw in the person and what they appreciated about them and in their walk with God. Wow. Let me tell you this, brothers and sisters, things that are very obviously not in Satan's vocabulary and in his digest that he wants to throw our way and his lies and deceit. Very powerful because I had, I had been told things that I had questioned or not realized. People were seeing things that was a pronouncement of my walk with God. Satan doesn't want us to see that. He doesn't want us to hear that. He doesn't want us to be aware of it. And he wants it all negativity. But this evening, for the first time shared with brothers and sisters in a pastoral setting in life group with brothers and sisters from the church, it's powerful. Brothers and sisters. And we all took turns sharing with others on what we saw and felt when we get around them and what we see. And everyone shared about someone. It was a powerful sensation. It was encouragement. It was uplifting. And so contrary to what the devil tries to pronounce and to get us to believe in, tries to get us to believe all the negativity and not to see any of the good stuff. Well, that sort of got all messed up this evening. But brothers and sisters, it would be good that we practice that one with another. And for moms and dads out there, how about you practice being a parent some more? Stop practicing trying to be a friend. Stop practicing all that stuff that society says that you need to do it this way and you need to do it that way. If you're going to be a parent, you need to be their friend first. No, you don't. You need to be a parent first. Then you can be a friend with your kids, but be their parent first. Why do you think that there are so many things that are going wrong and askewed in our society? Because parents are worried about not being a parent first. They're worried about being their kid's friend first. And then think about being a parent. But by that time, guess what? 
your children are going to tell you where to get off and where to head out because they're not going to listen to anything you're going to tell them. And then you might get the bus to turn around and regroup and reroute and reboard and get it straightened out, but not without prayer and not without faith that God can help that be accomplished. A lot of things are going on because we don't look to God. We have taken God out of so many things that we are listening to the lies, the derisive tendencies of Satan, the white noise interference that he pours out, even on those that say that they're Christian. You heard me share First John. First John doesn't pull any punches. John doesn't pull punches at all. John the Beloved. John does not pull punches. He tells it straight out. Straight out, straight up, and straight head on. And if you have a problem dealing with God's word that way, then you talk to God about it. Don't just decide you're not going to read John anything John writes. Who are you to decide? I've shared that with you before. You have individuals claiming to be Christians, and yet they won't read the book of Revelation because they say it's too doomsday. Excuse me, you remember the name? The Revelation of Jesus Christ. And if you read the book of Revelation, you will see that it's all about Jesus Christ within the church bodies. It's about Jesus Christ and his coming. It is about those signs that are going to take place before he comes and things that will take place and will happen. Be aware of this also, brothers and sisters, because I believe it is so, and I need to pull up my waders and make sure that the seatbelt's pulled tight. He's on his way. And with everything that is happening in the world today, the things that are going on, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. It's coming. It's coming soon. It may happen in my lifetime and it may not. Doesn't matter, but I know it's coming soon. Brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers on my going out, my coming in daily. That is so, because that's what we're supposed to do. So when I lay my head down on the pillow, I talk to God about you about the things that are going on in this world. And then I tell him good night and thank you. In the morning when I get up, I tell him good morning. Thank you for the breath that you put in my lungs. Thank you for taking me up into this new day. Thank you, Father, for walking this new day. Thank you for you already being, having gone through it and know what's coming and guiding us. That's the way he is because that's the God he is holy 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 high above this earth so 
That being said, you're in my prayers, my going out, my coming in. Be blessed.